This is a short bite episode of Homeschool Together. Hello and welcome to Homeschool Together Short Bite Edition Game Schooling After Dark series that we're going to yeah. continue here. Um, we want to be able to facilitate you know, those parents and those game schoolers and those people who want to do some games that maybe the toddlers or the three-year-olds can't do. Yeah. And they, when they put them down to sleep, you know, what do you do in the evening with your seven, eight, nine-year-old? You know, what are those great games that you can do to facilitate additional learning, but, you know, have it come in more in adult games, not not the children's games, not the hobo or the game, the game right games. Not but not saying you can't play some game right games. Oh no, we time. love the game right games, but these are these games have a uh, a higher threshold, a higher barrier to entry as far yeah, as they age. Can be more complex, a little bit more strategy, um, a little bit more of um, advanced thinking around those lines. Right. So today we're going to go into the mind of Gaudi and mm-hmm. play Sagrada. That is in the image of the Sagrada Familia that is set in Barcelona. Um, Ariel and I actually saw, went to go see this Sagrada yeah. Familia. I think, um, well, maybe we'll post some pictures of us. Yeah. When our daughter was 17 months old. It's this really, Spain. it's really wild church. If you have a chance, um, Google it. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people, if you see it, you go, Oh, I've, I've seen pictures of that. It's, yeah, seeing it's, it in person. It's was, from a, it's wow. like a whole nother world. And, and the pictures you see online, you just look at it and you go, that is, that is wild. It's even more wild when you, when you're standing in front <laughs> of it going, I can't believe they've been spending a hundred years building this thing. You think like, you know, you, you look back and you hear about these crazy old churches like Notre Dame or, or St. Peter's or whatever, and it takes so long to build these things. And you're like, wow, how did they spend four or 500 years building these things? And this is a modern church and they mm-hmm. are spending a hundred years building this thing. It's right. Wild. It's all concrete and concrete it's and really interesting. So they built a game called Sagrada and it's, I think what, what they take their inspiration mostly from is in the Sagrada Familia, there is a lot of stained glass work. Beautiful. Beautiful work that brings in a lot of color when you walk through the main, the main room, the main, you know, chapel. And they take that inspiration and bring that color and the idea of the stained glass into the game. So what is the game and how do you play it? So this is a dice drafting game. So there are 90 dice in five colors. And they're, they're little dice. They're so cute. Um, they're really beautiful dice. They go into a bag. You're going to uh, pick out a number of them, which is all the players plus one. Roll those dice. And then each person in turn is going to select a die and place it into their own stained glass window. So this is one where you're going to build your own your own thing. It's like a little grid, a, bo- a little area where you can put the, the dice in. Right. So you're going to have a, like kind of a tall, um, church wall and then you'll have a section where you can slip a card in um, that has different requirements for all the spaces so you're going to draft a dice and you're going to place it you're going to go around and everyone's going to get a chance to draft Um, and so that card has restrictions on it so you can only put certain colors in certain spaces you can only put certain numbers in certain spaces Uh, you can never put the same number or color right next to each other you have to start from the outside and work your way uh, in, right? As if you were really building something in stained glass, you can't start just from the middle. You have to start from an edge and build. So uh, there's kind of some neat rules there that you have to follow. And then there are tools which you can use that help you make rule changes to where you can place dice and what you can do with them. And then there are scoring configurations based on Oh, goal, I want like goal, game goals. Game goals, right? So, I, uh, a row with no repeating colors, or yeah, so if you can a imagine, column with yeah. no repeating numbers. Yeah, like if you can imagine a grid 
of I think it's six. Is it five by five or six by six? I think it's five by four. Five by four, and you can imagine you know one, two, three, four, five across is you'll be able to score that line for five points. But if you have two fours in that line, you won't be able to score it. And so you have these game. I like the idea of the game rules because you're not only trying to fill out your card, but you're already trying. You're also trying to play for these global advantages that you're trying to win points on but also you have personal rules that nobody else knows about so you're trying to score right and everyone has a color that they're trying to get the largest sum of dice in their color and it's secret if you have red and so you're going to play more red dice and then at the end of the game try to make them of higher value value so you want fives and sixes and, and that type of thing and so at the end you'll score all that up so there's all these different scoring mechanisms and it's all very randomized which I think fits into our requirement where mm-hmm. there's strategy with a lot of random luck. Mm-hmm. And also there's a... Because you're a strategist and yeah, we can't play together. I know. But when you roll the dice, Strategic. you're also going around the table and everybody's picking one of the dice and then it comes back around a second time. And so you get to choose two dice. And so you're trying to figure out Ooh, which dice are they going to choose? Which dice are they going to leave me? And I got to make good decisions. And so there's a yeah. lot of decision making, but there's n- it's not a lot of math or anything like that. It's no. really just strategy... Um, solving you know global rules and, and 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 scoring on personal personal goals, and then the rule changes I thought were was an is, adds an even more complexity to it, and you know it kind of sounds complex talking about it. Yeah, you play you know one or two rounds of it. It it is an amazingly you know it, it's it's not hard. It's just. There's a there's a decision making element there that right. that I think can cripple some people. Yeah, it's a, a lot of pattern recognition. So for yeah. on the game schooling side, right, you have pattern recognition and numbers. lots of problem solving. So yeah, there's probability with how many dice are left and what numbers could you get, and then you have all of this advanced problem solving that you deal with, which I think is great. So you're looking at your grid and you're like, okay, well, this one's got to be a this color and got to be a this number. And the reason is because I want this scoring and I have this problem over here. Oh, and if I put one there, then that means that over here, I'm going to have this other problem. Now you can not think that complex about it if you don't want to have that kind of game uh, and just, you know, put things kind of randomly and, you know, not concern yourself. But if you really want to get into the problem solving aspect, mm-hmm. you can look at this board as one big equation. And what is the right configuration of dies that I could do to maximize my scoring? This is great yeah. for any any STEM student. Um, Terrific for the, STEM The students. problems that you're actually solving on this board. We do a lot of these type of problem solvings in, in software, um, in the software industry, where you're trying to, you get some conditions put into you, and then with those initial conditions, you try to achieve a certain outcome that you're looking for. So if you have a STEM, uh, computer science kind of focused kid, somebody who wants to get into some basic programming, this is a great, I saw a lot of, uh, of, of analogous situations that I've seen in my life mm-hmm. um, with respect to software or science or kind of that engineering problem solving element. This is a great game for that, but it's kind of built into this like, Oh, it's a church in Spain, and and yeah. and, and I'm I'm doing stained glass and everything, but it it has embedded within it this beautiful problem solving probability um, type of, of of structure within it mm-hmm. that I I was very impressed with. Like I know you got it, and then we you pulled it out, and I'm like, oh god, I don't know what I'm getting myself into <laughs> this one. You know, the wife gets me all the game, gets all these games, but I don't know which one. And, and I was really blown away the first time I played it, and just how well it it. It goes after those concepts and it does it in such a really nice manner. This is one of the kind of strategy games that I love the most because the rules are not difficult. 
No. You can play this with almost anyone. It, it, it's not complex. There's enough randomness that my strategist husband cannot just totally wipe the floor with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the problem is set mm-hmm. in essence, right? You get the card initially. You know the conditions you have to meet. You know the goals that you're trying to go after to score. The randomness is just in the dice, but... I like the idea of kind of making my own bed. <laughs> yeah. I, I really hate in a game when You're I've set up everything. Almost like there's a fighting element. Right. Play. I've set everything up and then here you are to like crush it. Ex- except you love, I hate star, that. Unless you love Star Realms and you like to kill me in that game. Y- yeah, but that was, that's a battle from the beginning. But that's because you've, you've played millions of hands of it. And I've only right. Like we'll two. talk about Star Realms on another yeah, podcast. Right. But I, I love, this is a great kind of strategy game. The, the strategy games that I don't like are the ones where it's so complex that if I can't keep every bit of what's going on in my head, I lose. So we tried to play Villainous, which Mm. is, God, just an amazing theme, right? It's all Disney villains. There are so, every different villain has different win conditions. And so in order for me to, first of all, I have to strategize my own board and my own win conditions and and weaknesses, then I have to memorize everyone else's weaknesses and win conditions too, so that I can know all the ins and outs of how I can, de- I don't like this kind of strategy games, right? <laughs> it was it was so difficult for me to keep everything in mind at once. I love games like this where the strategy is so well contained You're playing in, in your an own easy sandbox. set of ru- yeah. rules, yeah. yeah, where you don't, there's not a million things to remember. Mm-hmm. And it's gorgeous, the feel of all these wonderful dice, and it's beautiful to look at. This is this is just a perfect game, and I wouldn't play it with non-gamers. I think that, you know, definitely I don't think this is a game we would really play with. Well, we play with your mother because she's really good. But My dad wouldn't like this. One. No, we wouldn't play with other non, non-game-focused uh, individuals, but I think this is perfect for a later elementary child. I think it says age is 10 plus. And I would say, you know, maybe a nine-year-old could play this, but that's pretty accurate. Um, I would play with an older elementary student and up. It's a terrific problem-solving game. And there is a single-player variant for this. So they can play solo, which is always nice to have. Not all games do well with that. So Sagrada, two to four players, plays in about 30 minutes. They said 30, 20 to 40, which we found all of our games are around 30 minutes. It depends how long it takes you to make decisions <laughs> um, as to you know how long it's going to take. There is a five to six player expansion for this if you want to have more players. There is another um, expansion for the whole game, I think, that gives you more cards. So it's it's terrific. This was a this is a solid choice. Uh, we've been really happy playing this. We've got it to the table a number of times. Yeah, we'll, we'll make sure to link in. Um, we have these really beautiful uh, roll dice trays. Oh yeah, and the dice trays are like, fabulous. It's like a mat tray. It's got kind of these nice walls. Really nice when you're rolling this many dice. Mm-hmm. And you have a sleeping child upstairs, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> or you can't take six dice clanking. It's nice. On the table. It, it contains everything. Also, there are some folks that are like kind of aggressive dice rollers. And okay. so this is nice because it's got a little bit of a lip to catch it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It contains all the dice. And once we've rolled them all, then we can pass yeah. it around the table and everyone can look and choose the dice that they yeah, want. Yeah. So we'll link that in the show notes as well. Yeah. Pick up a couple of dice trays. Um, they just pop together and they store really nicely. Right. I think it's a four pack. And so it's really wonderful if you're playing anything where you all have to roll dice. Yeah. You can have these nice trays so the dice don't roll across the board. And yeah, Table they're really good. Yeah. So anyway, go check out Sagrada. We'll have the link in the show notes. Beautiful game. I think you'll enjoy it. Thanks so much for joining us today and making us a part of your homeschool journey. Please engage with us on social media. 
Join our Homeschool Together podcast group on Facebook and find us at Homeschool Together podcast on Instagram. We'd love to hear your feedback, questions, and recommendations. Until next time. Happy homeschooling!